0: Oh, welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Though we'll see if I actually save this one for the podcast. You never know, but you do know the Strava Craft Coffee is rich in CBD infused. It's delicious. It's wonderful. It could change your life. You also know that I'm your host. Drew Creaseman, I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies, and for a minute here, going to discuss a, a 6 to nothing loss to the San Diego Padres, though probably not going to go into too many details, another game where just from an analytics standpoint, uh, the Colorado Rockies starter did not have it, that's bad news, that's really not good, Hermen Marquez uh, laying another egg, really not a good situation uh, for the Rockies. Uh, the offense not being able to push a run across uh, despite the fact that they were able to get some base runners. Uh, they were able to hit the ball pretty hard a couple of times with nothing to show for it. A little bit of bad luck in there, but that's not, <clears throat> you know, the Rockies lost the game because their starter, who's supposed to be the rock solid foundation at the, at the top of the rotation, you know, the guy that I thought was going to come out and and sort of cement himself as one of those guys that even national media is talking about is one of the best pitchers in the national league and now for the second time in three games Marquez has come out and not been good and it's really really bizarre because he's like I don't there's nothing mechanical that's going on like I talked about in a previous podcast with Jairo Diaz, where you can see everything's messed up and he's all out of rhythm and everything's out of whack and he's missing his spots like half the time. Marquez is just making the absolute wrong mistake at the wrong time a lot right now. And it's very bizarre because he's still, it's not like he's he's had this big drop off in velo, right? Like the other day when Castellani was bad, like there was no velo there. We've talked about it with John Gray. He's been up and down with the velocity, but like Marquez... Hit 97, 98 with the fastball, He's breaking off some beautiful curves and sliders. What did he have? How many strikeouts did he have still today? Seven? Eight? Seven of them in six innings. And, you know, he was just getting pummeled. And just at the absolute worst times, just throwing bad, hittable pitches right over the middle of the plate. And he's better than that, or at least I, I, I thought he was better than that and we we got to remember too for the long run of Herman Marquez this doesn't mean anything for this season but he is still he's 25 years old you know but I, I he's also got a ton of experience under his belt at this point and you know to to see him still kind of struggling with what are basically young player inconsistency problems is is pretty frustrating for sure um so Henry uh, asking how many wins did I have Colorado winning on the shortened season? Because I think the bullpen and other things could mean you're not doing well, but it's half and half yet. Yeah. So like <clears throat> I had them winning 33 games and I, I still think that that's, um, I'm not going to get off of that. They're one game under 500 now, uh, you know, that's three games over. That's not a, a dramatic swing between now and the end of the season, especially considering they do have more games coming up against the Giants and the Angels and the now depleted Diamondbacks and they're going to have not a stretch where it's Houston, LA, San Diego when they're not playing well and you know if if you're a get hot at the right time kind of person the best time obviously for the Rockies to get hot would be about a week and a half from now going through the the final part of the season and then getting a good matchup going into uh the playoffs so that being said yeah I I mean the the team's got to stick around 500 right you can't lose that and 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 I think that they'll they'll be fine now especially like I said as as the schedule gets easier here um but as far as as you know the the ability to get themselves together like Marquez can't be doing this and I I need to go back and look at the film For these last three outings, a little bit more carefully, and see if I can pick out something mechanically that's causing him to to have these mistake pitches. Because there's just way more of them than there have been at really at any point in his career. Uh, It's been unusual to see him just losing the ball right over the middle of the plate, and I don't know exactly what's causing it. I'm sure he doesn't know exactly what's causing it either or we would have done something to fix it by now but it's definitely a brutal one when you feel like you're in a spot to split this series against this hot team who everybody's excited about Uh, you're sending you again the the guy I thought was going to be your ace to the hill and he and he lays an egg like that and and that it happens early that he gives up the five runs in the first four innings so you feel like you're behind the eight ball and, and fighting in an uphill battle, and then down comes the rain, and that really doesn't help things at that situation. So, you know, all that said, one game, one series, and, uh, you know, this is, it It really is interesting because this isn't that far off from who I thought the Rockies were. Like I said, you know, as to Henry's question earlier, I thought they'd finish about three games over 500. They're one under. And the schedule gets a little bit easier. Uh, But I did not have Marquez and Nolan, you know, struggling like this so far in the season. And and Nolan had another hard hit ball today. And his his numbers are steadily coming up. And I think we'll see a better Nolan Arenado from here on out at the plate. And Charlie's going to get out of this funk that he's in a little bit. Like Trevor's in the in the midst of a little bit of a funk, as well, and you know that's to Henry's point here. Entering a new month, fix the mishaps uh, to get back into it, and and a lot of it is that like they've been the mishaps and you know inconsistent baseball, and a lot of it by guys you know should be better. Like you, we can sit here and I and I, I see people doing it, you know, all day on Twitter or or wherever and critique the parts of the roster that could be better. Um, But it's, it's very difficult for me and maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe, maybe I really am just wrong. And and people seem to think this is somehow like a, a, Homer opinion or whatever. I just think that it's the opinion that your best players have to be your best players for you to be the team that you should be. And again, in my opinion, what is that? Who should the Rockies be? Who are they talented wise? Well, they are a few games over 500 team, a 33 game winning team, or to me, if it was a regular season, I would have had them in about 87 or 88 wins. And if that means that the Dodgers are going to win a hundred, and now these new Padres are a team that wins 95, but you're still a wild card team, and you get hot at the end of the season, and you go and try to do it the way the Nationals have done it. I just think that that's always going to be the Rockies' formula. And so I don't beat my head against the wall thinking that the Rockies should do what the Padres or the Dodgers are doing, because to me it just doesn't make sense. They're always going to be this team. And so let's take a look at the landscape and see how they get there and if they can pull it off see what kind of impact guys like Kevin Pillar and Michael Givens are going to have. Um, and yeah, Ryan 10 left with the Dodgers and Friars, but they don't see him for a minute here. So that's nice to get a bit of a reprieve. And again, you can't worry too much about trying to beat the Dodgers so much as not losing too much ground while you're playing, right? Cause nobody, nobody beats the Dodgers right now. That's not what happens, but I'll tell you this too. I feel pretty confident in saying this. The Rockies will play their best baseball at some point in the future of this season. They haven't, like that 11 and 3 start was not the best baseball the Rockies can play. They weren't getting good production out of Nolan Arenado. Uh, They weren't getting anything out of the bottom of their lineup. And the bullpen was shaky throughout all of it, except for maybe that first week. They've upgraded the bullpen. With Givens, I think they've also figured out who's going to be a bit more of a steady hand and who needs to be like a Tyler Kinley who you can get away with and who can be great sometimes, but you've got to be ready to pull him out of there if it's not his day versus Daniel Barr. you feel much better about now than you had no idea at the beginning? Uh, you know what you've got or don't have in some of these guys, right? So it's all about taking stock of those things and, and playing it moving forward. But the Rockies are going to get on a hot stretch, when Nolan Arenado gets on a hot stretch. And when that happens, the big thing is to make sure that then your starting pitching doesn't take a a step back. And that's why I spent all that time talking about Herman Marquez, despite the fact the Rockies scored zero runs tonight. And I know everyone's mad at the offense, and, and they're just upset at the offense. But look, man, I've said it many, 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 many times for the last three years. The Rockies' formula for success has to be to pitch well, to play good defense, to keep games under control. And then some nights, the five balls that the Rockies hit tonight that were over 100 miles an hour that went, that led to outs and actually led to six outs because one of them led to a double play. That's not going to happen all the time. One or two of those get through. And if Marquez pitches how he should, That's a three to one win or a three to two win for your Colorado Rockies. That has to be the formula. So as much as I know everyone wants them to hit better and it sucks when they have performances like this and it's so frustrating and it was frustrating through all 91 wins of 2018, but they won 91 games and the offense was mediocre at best and they were frustrating 90% of the time and they left a bunch of guys on base and they did all the things and they struck out when they shouldn't. And, that, and some of that I really do think just comes with the territory of Coors Field. Some of it comes with the territory of your star players are Nolan Arenado and Trevor Story, and, and they tend to be aggressive with their power swings. Uh, some of it's the inconsistency of not being able to keep a guy like David Dahl in the lineup. Uh, the, and yes, some of it is the construction of the roster and the fact that the bottom half have not done their job. And yes, that's on the general manager. We'll see if Kevin Pillar is in any way affixed to that I don't know. We'll find out. But beyond all of that, none of that matters if Marquez, Gray, and Freeland don't do what they need to do. And and now Sensatella in that category. And the way Sensatella has been pitching, you know, if you get to, now there's no like all-star break this year where you can kind of, you know, reconfigure your rotation, um, I don't, and and there are so few off days. I don't know how the Rockies, if they would even be able to, sort of mess with it, so that if they did have a big important game coming up, and Sensatello is the one guy in the rotation who's just been phenomenal throughout this whole short season and really hasn't had a, a, a bad outing, to to make it be him that goes, but he could be that guy that you want on the mound and say, uh, uh a winner to get into the postseason game, which you hope the Rockies aren't in that situation. More like, a, you know, a, maybe the first or the the rubber match of a three-game set. If you're sending out Sensatella right now, you feel pretty good about that. But Marquez has got to get it together. Um, Gray has got to get it together. Um, but I think Gray, I mean, Gray's last outing was fantastic, so he's got to keep it there. Freeland's got to get back on track. And they do that? Yeah, it's a 33-win team or an 87-win team. And that's just it's just who they are. And I know that because I'm so often putting what the Colorado Rockies do in a context that people see as more positive or optimistic or whatever, um, I'm seen as the apologist or the defender or the person that somehow seems to get wrapped up into me saying that, like, I think the Rockies were going to win the division or that they are they were going to win the World Series or that they're the team to beat or something. It's like... I've only ever predicted them to be an above average baseball team. and they've mostly been that. And so you know it it obviously doesn't feel like they're above average when they go out and lose games like this and it's six nothing to this team that just added all these things. the like, guys aren't fun and it doesn't feel competitive, you know and then and then their wins often feel ugly too, you know, when they do win because as I've said, you know what is the formula? to have gotten one of those hits to land tonight, and Marquez to have not done what he did. Otherwise, you know, Hoffman stepped in, did what he needed to do, Almonte looked good. So you get, you know, six or seven innings of two-run baseball out of Hermen Marquez tonight, which is typically what he has been. You know, that's what he gives you. And then you get this performance out of the bullpen. Then you need one of those base hits when the Rockies had guys on, one of those hard screaming line drives to find some green instead of be right at either an outfielder or an infielder and you win the ball game. If not, then they win the ball game, but at least it was a toss up and you weren't dominated. That's why to me, this one is about Marquez. And to me, it's going to continue to be about the starting pitching for the rest of the season, because that is the key. And not just for the Rockies, really, for most teams throughout the history of baseball, but even more so, uh, they are responsible for reducing the chaos that comes with, not just playing games at Coors Field, but going f- to and from Coors Field. So, yeah, rough one, guys. I, I-, I see you all out there, you know, get in some Breck brews, throw down a-, a couple of avalanche amber ales in celebration of a team that came out and had themselves a phenomenal performance tonight. Go, Avs, go. I saw that further up. Really good stuff there uh, from the Avs tonight. So, you know, drink your Breck Brew tonight in celebration of them since I don't have a draft king of the game to give you for the Colorado Rockies tonight. Use that promo code DNVR, but I I have no draft king of the game for you. Yency Almonte was fine. Yeah, Tapia continues to have good at-bats, and he sees a ton of pitches and, um, you know, you, the fan, for the second time this year, you, the fan, are the draft king of the game. If you watched all of that one, if you stuck through that, at least it was quick. I can only. Who I was talking to our guy, Hank, who covers the Buffs the other day. And I was saying, you know one of the worst things about when the Rockies are bad and when they go through these bad stretches is that it takes them so damn long to lose. They don't just lose. 10 to 3 or 11 to 3, whatever it was the other day to the Padres. They do it in four and a half hours. And so at least tonight, they got through it relatively quickly. You know, BK, good to see you hopping in with one. Pilar has a reputation for being a fun guy, and Rock seemed to really need that. Think he'll help. I'm glad you brought that up because I got so caught up in talking about his defense and whether or not I think he can hit left-handed pitching or keep his hot offensive season going earlier that I forgot. All about this important thing, which... Uh, Patrick and I really highlighted prior to the 2019 season. In fact, you know, when we were all back, remember back before the 2019 season when almost everybody thought the Rockies were a high 80s, low 90s win team coming off the year before and, you know, Murphy, whatever, he'd been a perennial batting title contender and thought he was going to lead the league in doubles and all this stuff. And, And I remember somebody asking me if this season doesn't go well for the Rockies, if this turns into a disaster, what will be one of the biggest reasons? You know, what will be the reason why? I said you know without Cargo and Para I have no idea who's going to bring the fun like who gets you out of a funk like this when you're in a slump and guys aren't hitting who should be hitting if a guy's got an offensive profile and he's been and he always strikes out and he's terrible and he's not hitting and you, you don't get mad at Tony Walters cuz he can't hit we know Tony Walters can't hit it's the other guys and you go what's going on you know and Para used to be that guy who would literally ride into the clubhouse on a scooter blaring reggae tone and get dudes to lighten up a little bit and cargo and story or i'm sorry Car- Car- cargo used to do that too uh but nolan and story and blackman they're very serious guys who get really you know into them their own heads when they're not doing well and right now you know blackman scuffling Nolan's scuffling so actually i think i think that could be a big thing uh, BK and congrats by the way on the the gig over at Mile High Sports. I've um, been enjoying reading your stuff, but yeah, I think that'll be. I, I think that's going to be a. I mean, it, it's hard to be that guy when you're the new guy too. I think right, like come in and, and lighten everybody up and tell some jokes and get guys to to do well. But that has been his reputation, uh, you know, in Toronto and San Francisco that uh, he can get guys to lighten up and have a good time. And you, you look at the Rockies tonight, they're not having a good time They're and they are not lightened up and they're, they're gripping the bat tight and, um, they're trying to hit a five run home run every time out. And, you know, Trev Trevor today swung at a ball. It was early. I, th- I think it was uh, the game might've still been tight, but he swung it. It was a three, two pitch fastball up, uh, that just It just wasn't close to being a strike. And you could tell he had it he in his mind that he was going to swing if it was a fastball. And you could see how disappointed in himself he was. It was just an awful swing, and he shouldn't, you know, he's, he's got to be more disciplined than that. And I think that was a mental strike out there uh, and, and has as much to do with where the team is at as where Trevor Story is. And that's part of why I think once you get out of that, And we'll see if there's enough time left in the season for them, too. The schedule is going to help. Once you start to build that confidence, I think they'll be a different, they'll certainly be a more confident team the next time they play the Dodgers and the Padres. Whether or not that will be enough, obviously, you ask the internet, they'll say, no, the Rockies suck. They don't have enough talent. It doesn't matter if they're confident enough. I'd at the very least like to put that theory to the test. I'd like to see what a set against the Padres looks like when Nolan Aronado, when Nolan is being Nolan, you know, I'd like to see what that looks like. And when Marquez is being Marquez and, you know, they also caught Freeland on his worst outing of the season. And it's not just, no, dude, they came out and they're so good that their hitters are like, no, Kyle Freeland threw his worst pitches of the season. And Hermen Marquez threw bad pitches tonight. When he threw good pitches, he struck out seven of these dudes. It, this one was on Marquez. That one was on free. Let's see how guys are going the next time these two teams meet. But, uh, yeah, and Asiel, um, I also had not addressed the controversy, I guess, with Kevin Pilar, I don't recall, uh, and I, I'm being straight up with you, I, I until tonight on Twitter, I had totally forgotten that there had been any controversy with Kevin Pilar. I think there were two things. Right. There there was uh, something he said very recently about some of the Black Lives Matter stuff. And I, I that I have no idea about. So I need to go and find and it would be irresponsible for me to comment without reading exactly what he has said and done on that. So and and to be honest, I didn't know that that was a thing until tonight because I hadn't been following the Boston Red Sox, <laughs> believe it or not. Um you know, and then I know a couple of years ago, uh, he used a, a homophobic slur. Um, I remember when Kobe Bryant got in trouble for doing that as well. That's one of those things that's just, it's, it's disgusting and it's inexcusable. Uh, but it is also sadly very common in professional sports or, uh, hopefully it's become less and less common. And I do think it has, but it, it's been a part of, uh, the, the culture of sports for a very long time, um. Lord knows I was called that word many times in high school, and it's not pleasant. And again, it's, it's, it's inexcusable. Um, I do think there's a lot of things in sports culture that lose their actual meaning and just become insults that you fire at somebody. I, I wouldn't be comfortable reaching a conclusion about uh, somebody's like personal beliefs or whether or not they've got hate in their heart. At the same time, don't use slurs. Just don't, no reason for it. Be creative. There's all kinds of disgusting stuff you can say to a person without having to reduce yourself to insulting how they were born, the color of their skin, who they love. There's plenty of things about, just insult a person's ugly face. Come on, let's go. I guess that's how they're born too. Just, you know, there's so many, there's so many things to, so uh, that's always Gross, but the sad thing about that too is that's one of those things that I, I think happens a lot, and sometimes we find out about it. I think it used to happen way more often, and we should continue to highlight and put pressure on guys to to be better uh, and to not do that stuff because it, it appears to be working. I like I think we we hear fewer and fewer of these stories, and even just kind of being up close and around guys and having been in clubhouse and, you know, they talk about clubhouse talk or locker room talk or whatever. Like I've heard some strings of words that I'm sure some of these guys wouldn't want repeated in public, but I've never heard walking through there. And again, guys walking through, it's been a while. Now I'm reminiscing about just what it was like to be in a a clubhouse because it's been a minute, but you hear stuff, uh, you know, stuff that guys definitely would not want publicly to be heard. But I have never heard anybody, you know, say something racist or homophobic or or even borderline or or suspect offensive in that way. Unless you know, you, you wouldn't offensive in church, maybe. <laughs> but but beyond that, uh, I think you're okay. So those are the words, uh, you know, keep it keep it that way is what I would say. But uh, anyway. To, to get it back onto the field and, and wrap this thing up here, um, like I said, you know, it, it, there was a little bit of tough luck out there for the Rockies tonight. Their approach is starting to show cracks. They they need to relax. And it's I've talked about this difficulty in baseball, uh, particularly in hitting, about how it's one of the weirdest ironies in, in life because you need to be two things at the exact same time completely focused, totally relaxed. You need to be hyper into what you're doing on edge at the very edge of your existence to be able to even process what a 98 mile an hour fastball followed by a 90 mile an hour slider can do to you. But you can't be jumpy you can't be anxious. You can't be forward. If you if you fall just off the edge of that, sitting on the forward part of your seat, then you look like Trevor Story did tonight, and you're swinging at something at your eyes on a 3-2 pitch where they're giving you first base to lead off an inning, and you got speed. They're basically giving you second base to lead off an inning because he steals so regularly and so, so comfortably. And so it's like those are the kinds of and, – and you just look up and down at this lineup at – Everyone trying to prove themselves. Everyone trying to show that they can be the hero, or that they can stick in the lineup, or that they can win the job. And there's definitely, definitely some responsibility on Bud Black and the front office for placing undue pressure on, you know, guys like Brendan Rodgers and saying, "Well, like, well, if you don't get a hit today, then you don't get to play again for a week." Like that doesn't it doesn't help. That said, there isn't a magic pill for it. There isn't a guy they could have gone and gotten. A Joey Gallo. And put him on that. He doesn't fix everything. Nolan's got a hit. Charlie's got a hit. Ryan McMahon's got a hit. Hampson's got a play. Murphy's got to only DH against right-handed pitching and stop playing first base, please, for the love of God. But beyond that, this is the team. The bullpen's better. We'll get to see that if they're ever ahead late <laughs> again. And uh, starting pitching gets back on track. They'll be just fine. Asiel, I agree. Rasiel's the only guy. What, did I just call him Rasiel? I'm going to put his name together. It's yours. Rymel's the only guy relaxed at the plate right now. He's totally in control. He's taking the hacks he wants at the pitches he wants. He's laying off of stuff. He's seeing five, six pitches in that bat. Um, he's hitting the ball the other way. He's pulling it when, when it's inside. Like, Tapia looks like a guy who knows what he's doing up there, and everybody else in the lineup looks like a guy who's searching for it, even when they run into one and crack it. Uh, we are long overdue for a three-for-four, four-RBI game out of Nolan Arnato or a home run from Trevor Story uh, or a multi-hit game from Charlie Blackman. We're long overdue for all of those things. And you start getting those while you're playing. These other teams aren't as good. You climb back over 500. Find a way to stay there. Get hot going into the playoffs. Rock and roll. See what happens. Stick with us here for the whole thing. We're going to, one way or another, we'll be here to find out what it is, right? So you got to make sure that you're subscribed to the DNVR.com so that you don't miss out on any of that written content. Plus, you get super cool discounts on merchandise, like uh, hats, shirts, masks. Very good to look cool and be safe, or in the mask out there. Plus, if you're a DNVR member, if you swing by the bar, you literally get a bigger beer from Breck. That's real. Swing by the DNVR bar down there on Colfax, you'll get a larger beer if you're a member of the DNVR.com. So swing by there, to get that done. Make sure you're sub- uh, subscribed. You don't subscribe on social media, you follow. Seems like such a strange word. Just hang out with us, man. Just hang out with us on social media at Drew Creisman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at DNVR underscore Rockies. Make sure to give at Michaela E. Perkins a follow. She's been doing a lot of fantastic work, and we're going to have her back on the show very soon. It also sounds like our guy Manny Randawa. We haven't locked down the exact time, but sometime this week we'll be back on the podcast to debate with me, especially now that he firmly has the upper hand uh, with the Padres super hot and the Rockies scuffling and the Padres making all these moves and the national media uh, fawning over them. And so I I will do my best to uphold my end of the argument. That's still not the way the Colorado Rockies should proceed even if it works for the San Diego Padres and they're a dynasty for the next five or six years, i still don't think that Colorado Rockies should be a wheeling and dealing baseball team considering their environment. And we can dive deeper and deeper into that uh, conversation as we continue to move throughout this season and into the off season and forever and ever in perpetuity. So thanks for hanging out and continuing to be absolutely awesome out there. You know, I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.